Hey everybody, welcome to the Lakers for Listeners podcast. My name is Akhbar Nan and today I'm going to be talking to you about the Lakers' first day of free agency. Now, we know about the blockbuster trade that the Lakers made about Russell Westbrook. I talked about that on my last podcast, so if you didn't catch that, catch that because this is somewhat of a continuation um, to that with the pieces that we now know the Lakers will be able to surround their big three with. <clears throat> now, unfortunately, we're still going on free agency. I mean, some some you know announcements might be made while I'm recording this, but as of right now, um, the Lakers have signed four players, and they are Trevor Reza, who used to play for the Lakers, Dwight Howard, who used to play for the Lakers, Kent Bazemore, who used to play for the Lakers, and Wayne Ellington, who you guessed it, used to play for the Lakers. And so, I think the Lakers have gone for an approach here where they're like, we just want players who know, you know, the city, they know the culture. And I think that signifies, at, at least to me, is that maybe some of our signings from last year, uh, like, you know, Dennis Schroeder and stuff, maybe they weren't that comfortable and maybe um, maybe they, they, they felt like, they, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, the L.A. lights were too bright for them because that is the saying, right? And <clears throat> so basically, I, I have some notes down and I'm going to be talking about these players that we signed. And I'll start off with, um, with Trevor Reza, who was the first player who was announced. Um, Trevor Reza, he is an old player. He is 36 years old. He isn't as old as LeBron, but he's only six months younger. Um... There's there's even a story of Trevor Reza, Trevor Reza and LeBron being um, being rivals in high school, which is crazy. So, you know, th- this guy's old because we all know how old LeBron is, but we somewhat don't mind it because he's you know Superman. Um, and so for Trevor Reza, he's been around for so long. He's been in the NBA for I think I think this will be his 18th season. He was drafted the year after LeBron. Um, so what does Trevor Reza bring to the bring to the table? Well, he is a 35% career three-point shooter. He also averaged 35 last season. Now, is 35 the best amount? Well, in my opinion, it, it isn't because you you just can't have um, LeBron being you know the the best shooter on the team again because that's that's what happened last year. He had the third most amount of threes on the team, and that's because he missed a significant amount of time. Kuzma and KCP, who were first and second, only had, I think, Kuzma ended up first, and he had around 12 more threes than LeBron only. So, percentage-wise, KCP ended up um, shooting 41%, which is great, but when, you know, when you're supposed to be the best shooter on the team, you can't average, you can't average that amount. Um, or, or I mean, you can't average that amount. You can That's a good percentage. But what I mean is, he averaged too little shots, in my opinion. I feel like he should have shot more. And maybe that's down to him being on a team that you know has LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and so it would have been hard. And even Dennis Schroeder. And so it would have been hard for him to take as many shots as he would have liked. But 
I feel like I feel like we need to have players who are able to take a lot of shots and just go off one night because we we will we do tend to have uh, many nights where our players struggle to shoot and our players struggle to to to, to you know to, to just score it and you know bringing in Russell Westbrook that that might be just magnified because he isn't the kind of guy who's going to shoot threes as you know we discussed and as everybody on planet earth knows Russell Westbrook is not a good three-point shooter and so I feel like if we want the season to be successful none of LeBron Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook can be one of our three or four best shooters unless one of them you know averages like 40% or something then all right but I feel like I need these guys who we've signed Wayne Ellington Kent Bazemore Trevor Reza and any other you know three and D or just three-point specialists to be able to, 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 you know, score threes and actually help the team. Because KCP, okay, in the bubble, he was great. I'll say that. And during the regular season, he scored the second most amount of threes on the team, 41% on 1.8 attempts, as I've mentioned. But when it comes to the playoffs, KCP completely disappointed me. He, he just did because when you're a guy who's brought in to be a 3 and D player, and you're paid as much as KCP was paid last year. It, it's, just, it's just disappointing when he, he gets so little threes in the playoffs. I'm not sure what the exact amount is, but what I'm sure of is it was between 2 and 4. And he, he just can't have that, can you? And, you know, he's a 3 and D player, so he's, you know, he's supposed to defend and score threes. He didn't defend because if he defended, and I'm not, I'm not going to blame the whole loss on KCP or anything, but if he was, you know, doing his job properly or maybe even excelling at his job, then the Lakers wouldn't have lost their, their last three games by so many damn points. But they did. And obviously, we, we can't just, you know, blame everything on KCP because KCP isn't expected to carry the team, you know, like a LeBron or an Anthony Davis is. So... <clears throat> And by the way, this is not me trying to, you know, get on KCP's back or anything because, I mean, he, he isn't on our team. He, 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 we want to ring with him and, you know, respect to him and everything. And I wish him the best of luck in Washington or wherever he ends up. But he was somewhat disappointing. And so I have to bring that up when I make this comparison because we've now gotten Trevor Reza, Ken Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, as I mentioned. And all three of them are supposedly brought in to, you know, shoot threes. And you have to get those players around, you know, dudes like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis when neither of these guys are consistent three-point shooters. Apart from maybe LeBron, and even LeBron, he's barely above average in the league because if league average is 35, LeBron got 36 last year, admittedly on high volume, but it was only 36. If he got 38, if he got 39, 40, all right, we'd have, you know, we'd think that there would be more spacing on the team. But he only had 36%, and so it does worry me, the, the, the spacing aspect of it. Because obviously, Russell Westbrook wasn't brought in to be a great fit. He was brought in to, because he's so talented. <clears throat> and so I went a bit off course, but let me, let me discuss these players who we brought in. So Trevor Reza, as I mentioned, he, was a, he is a 35% career three-point shooter. He averaged 35% last season on 4.8 attempts with the Miami Heat. Um... I get that he's probably going to be a 3 and D player, but I think that that D is emphasized a bit more because he averaged 
over a steal per game for 13 seasons straight. It has not stopped. He has the streak of averaging over a steal a game for 13 seasons. That is that is completely crazy to me. And I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone currently in the NBA who's done that. Maybe there is. Maybe there are a lot of players who've done it. But it, it seemed like something that was just... That's just incredible. And... Um, despite you know people saying oh he's old and stuff he did average 25 28 minutes per game last season with the Miami Heat so he wasn't playing you know for a bum squad he was playing for the Miami Heat who were last year's finalists obviously um and so Trevor Reza will he be a good you know fit in terms of his on-court ability um I wouldn't say he's the absolute best we could have gotten. I'd say he's a seven or an eight out of ten, but you know, maybe he maybe he impresses and you know plays better than expected. And in that case, I will gladly eat my words. <clears throat> um, another thing to note about Trevor Reza is, um, as all of these players we signed today, he is he is a former Laker, and he is the one. No, he's the one. He's one of two of those four players who has actually won um, a championship with the Lakers. And he won it with the Lakers in 2009 with, um, with, the, with, the, with the Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol-led Lakers that, um, that beat his new teammate Dwight Howard in the finals. And so it's, it's going to be, it's gonna be great to have someone like that on this team because automatically you know putting the age aside the experience and everything he's he's already played with Kobe LeBron Anthony Davis Russell Westbrook Pau Gasol and so you know that this this is a guy who knows how to play with great players and he played with Jimmy Butler last year who maybe isn't on you know the, the level of LeBron Kobe but he, he's still a great player obviously and so he, he's going to be a great personality in the locker room I think Hope that he doesn't have anything with um, any beef with LeBron because otherwise that would be troublesome. But I don't think LeBron would sign off on the signing if you know he wasn't okay with Trevor Reza. So I think they have put their differences aside. <clears throat> um, as I said, I think Trevor Reza is going to be more of a defensive player for for the Lakers. He he manages to average uh, over a steal per per game every season since the two thousand and seven eight season. So, so he is going to be great at that. Um, basically, I wish him the best of luck, and let's hope he performs well for the Lakers. The next player I'm going to be talking about is Dwight Howard. Now, this dude is the one dude of all of these four players who I did not make notes on. The reason being is I feel like I know Dwight Howard um, good enough off the top of my head. So what will Dwight Howard bring to the Lakers? He'll bring to the Lakers what he's brought to every single team across his entire Hall of Fame level career. He's going to bring defense, he's going to bring rim protection, and he's going to bring rebounding. And something else that he's going to bring is just sheer heart. This is a guy who goes out, does his job, and doesn't complain too much. And, you know, those kind of, those kind of players are hard to find nowadays. As we saw last year, when Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, and Marc Gasol were, were battling each other publicly basically over that center spot and you know each of them deserved like they had felt like they had a claim to the, to the spot and to, to be fair they did but 
you just feel like when if you had a Dwight Howard there, he wouldn't have complained. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have you know, overstepped his mark. And the funny thing is, this is something that Dwight Howard was you know he, he used to it used to be a black mark on his CV, um, way back when, because people were like, oh, this is a guy who thinks he's better than he actually is, and you know, Dwight Howard isn't all that anymore. Blah 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 blah. And so he humbled himself. He gained that through experience. You know, I'm a bit older now, so so I'm going to be respectful. And now, I'd say a lot of teams around the NBA would want to have a player like Dwight Howard. <clears throat> and so the Lakers, they corrected their mistake of not signing him last season. I would say it was a mistake, to be fair. I think it was a misunderstanding. But still, they corrected that error, and they re-signed him. And I'm very happy to have Dwight back on the team. He's a champion with us. He's, he's, this is his third stint with us, and I'm very happy to have him. He had a great season with the, with the Philadelphia 76ers. He was back up to, to Joel Embiid and thus played the least amount of minutes he's ever played in his entire career. And yet he still managed to average um, over seven points, over eight, over eight rebounds. And this was the one season in his entire career where he didn't average over a block a game and he, he averaged 0 0.9. So the guy can just block for days and days and days. I love him. I'm very happy he's back. Next player we're going to be talking about is Kent Bavesmore. Now, Kent Bazemore is, um, is a guy who actually gave up on more money to join the Lakers because from what I heard, the Warriors had offered him um, a bigger contract and even a multiple-year contract, and he rejected that in favor of coming to the Lakers. Um, that's something we like to see. You know, a player who's going to be loyal, a player who wants to actually play for the purple and gold. Um Based on his on-court statistics, um, he's averaged over a steal per game um, every single season since the 2015-16 season. So he is one of those other guys who, who's going to defend well, like um, Trevor Reza. And, you know, even in college, he was known as a great defensive player. He, he made the defensive, the all-defensive team three times when he was in college. I think he played there for three years, but I'm not sure if he played four years. Well, three or four is still, still de pretty decent. Um, he is a career 30, 36% three-point shooter. Um, and, you know, w when these players come around who've played in the NBA for a couple of years now, you know, they joined even before the whole three-point revolution. A lot of them really didn't develop their three-point game early on, but have, you know, developed it during their time in the league. And, and another example of this is Trevor Reza. He came into the league and for, I think, three of his first six seasons in the league, he didn't average, you know, a, he averaged zero from the from the from the three. He was basically Dwight Howard on the three point line, and now he's you know he's known as a three and D player. He can take threes, and I think Kent Bazemore has somewhat improved in this aspect. He averaged forty one percent from the three this season with the Warriors on two point seven attempts. It, you can probably say that oh, being you know playing with Steph helped him out a, a bit, and that it might go down when he comes to the Lakers. What I'd say to that is when you have a threat like you know LeBron James coming from one side, then Anthony Davis in the center, and then you know Russell Westbrook on the other side, it's going to be very dangerous. I think to leave someone like Ken Bazemore, uh, I mean to leave those guys uh, you know unmarked, and so that would leave a guy like Ken Bazemore, a guy like Trevor Reza, open on the on the perimeter, and you know they'd be able to sink some shots. And <clears throat> I keep mentioning these steals. You know, some people might be like, oh. Having many steals is not um, is not a sign of great defending, and 
I'd agree, you know, because James Harden averaged, I think, the most amount of steals in the league um, a few years ago. And as we all know, James Harden is not, you know, an exceptional defender. He's definitely improved defensively, but he, he he's never been an ex- exceptional defender, and he wasn't back then. And so steals are never an indicator of, you know, a player's true, true talent. But what I'm going to say is, you know, true talent defensively, but what I'm going to say is steals are somewhat important for the Lakers and, you know, during their recruiting process because the Lakers are a team who love to play in transition. And this season, they're going to have LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, who are very fast, and they're going to have um, Marc Gasol, who, you know, loves to just throw throw you know, uh, throw a ball, you know, full court. And so it's going to be very dangerous in that situation. But to maximize the amount of, you know, the amount of fast break opportunities we can have, we need to have players who can steal the ball. Thus comes up Kent Bazemore and Trevor Reza. Um, they can force the turnovers, and considering you know we don't have the most amount of money for you know for for these free agent signings, I'm very happy that we managed to end up with players who you know are known as three and D. They can seal the ball and they can shoot threes, and I'm very happy with that. Um, Kent Bazemore used to play for the Lakers as well back in 2014, so unfortunately he is not a champion with the Lakers. But hopefully, he's going to be a champion after this season. We move to the next player. And this guy, I didn't even know that we signed him. I wanted us to sign him, but I didn't know that we did. And his name is Wayne Ellington. Now, Wayne Ellington is not as good a defender as the other two guys. He does not average as many steals. Um, He has averaged one steal per game in three of the last five seasons. But admittedly, um, the two where he didn't average over a steal per game were the last two seasons. So, you know, he might not be able to average... Um, that many steals anymore but what, what he is is a player who can um, score his free throws he averages 84% from the free throw line for his career he only averaged 80% last season which is still pretty good and the Lakers in general do lack uh, good three point good uh, free throw shooters and so Wayne Ellington brings that um, in abundance he's also uh, he's also a 38% three point uh, shooter for his career which is very high, very good, and I'm very happy with that. He shot 42% from the three last season on six attempts. So this dude is one of the best shooters in the NBA, in my opinion. Because 42% on six attempts is crazy. I feel like that is, you know, Joe Harris-type numbers. And so I'm very happy to have him. Um, He's not going to be as good defensively as, you know, Ken Bazemore and Trevor Reza, who have been signed to continue our, you know, personality and our and to preserve our identity identity as a Frank Vogel team who focuses on defense and you know tr- try to take advantage of transitions which did win us a championship so you don't want to stray too far from that but I, I, I'd be in favor of strength you know a, a bit far from it when it comes to Wayne Ellington because he's such a good three-point shooter and he does face the floor so amazingly well um, you know he, he did average 42% from the three as I said and that is higher than any player on the Lakers last year. And he averaged at least triple the amount of attempts of the highest, um, you know, the highest attempt, what is the word for it? The highest attempt taker for our team, which was Kyle Kuzma on two attempts. He, he took three, more, three, three times that with six attempts per game and shot 42%. So he will undoubtedly be the best shooter on our team unless we sign someone better. Um, as I said, he isn't the kind of guy who's going to be, you know, d- defensively 
remarkable as maybe Trevor Reza or Ken Bateman would be. But, you know, sometimes you just need a guy who's going to help the team get going from three because, you know, when you see your teammate um, hit a three, even if, even if you're just playing, you know, with your friends and stuff, when your teammate hits a three, you feel like it's more easier to score threes because, like, just mentally, like, seeing the ball go through the net, it just, it just makes it easier for everyone. And so to have a guy who can score threes at such a good rate um, would be great. Personally, in terms of the the you know the remaining spots on the roster, we have I think seven remaining spots. I don't think we'll fill every single one of them. I think we'll go for I think five, maybe six more players, and that would be done. But um, personally, I'd be looking at players like Danny Green. Um, maybe bring back Wesley Matthews. Maybe bring back Ben McLemore. Um, I know we've been linked to Rudy Gay. I know we've been linked to Carmelo Anthony. And especially Carmelo Anthony, I'd love that signing. I think he's he's got more threes um, than any other, you know, in the league that last season than any other player we're linked to. So he would be great to have, you know, he, he's a buddy of LeBron's, the, the whole banana boat crew stuff. <laughs> and um, Car- Carmelo Anthony would be a great addition to the team. We haven't officially signed him yet, so uh, yet though, so I, I won't go too deep into him. We are also linked to um, San Antonio guard uh, Patty Mills, who I think would be a great signing too. But as for now, you know we've had we've had these four players who I've mentioned. They will they will add something to the team. You know Dwight Howard is going to bring some athleticism that is much needed at the center position. Um, not to say that you know Montrezl Harrell or or you know what what's his name. Andre Drummond are bad athletes, but what Dwight Howard has that those guys don't is great defense. And with those guys, they're much better offensively than Dwight Howard. But you kind of don't need that when you have a team of two superstars, you know, last season. And this season is going to be three. So, you know, you really, really do not need, you know, a guy who can score 15 or 10 points per night like Andre Drummond or even Montrezl Harrell who averaged 20 per night. But... Um, I think Dwight Howard is going to fix that problem at center and I feel like he and Mark Gasol can coexist they can bring two completely different skill sets to the table and um, you know they're both seven seven feet tall I think actually Dwight Howard is about 6'10", 6'11", but he, he basically plays like a seven foot player you know you won't realize the difference um, you then have Trevor Reza is going to come in. I think he's going to be um, a backup to LeBron. I think whoever we sign, you know, the best of these free free agency signings, because I think that now we have four of the five um, starting spots on the team that, that have been locked up because you have, you know, Russell Westbrook at the point guard, LeBron James at the small forward, Anthony Davis at the power forward. And then you have the center with Marcus Hull and um, and Dwight Howard. And so one of those guys is going to start. I think it's going to be Marcus Hall because Marcus Hall started this season and Dwight Howard was benched last season when he was with the Lakers. And so I think that we have, you know, four of those five spots that have just been, you know, completely um, just locked up. And so the best of these signings, Wayne Ellington, Ken Bazemore, Trevor Reza, or whoever else we bring in, I think they're going to be our starting shooting guard. Um, obviously not, you know, someone like Carmelo Anthony or Rudy Gay, who are, you know, bigger players who are probably going to play at the three or the four. But um, maybe maybe Wayne Ellington starts there. 
I'm not sure to be honest what we're gonna do about that. Um, I know we still have a chance of getting Buddy healed, and I'd be very happy if we do. I think if we get Buddy healed, with the signings that we've made so far, I think we're pretty much guaranteed a championship. <laughs> I think we are, you know, as long as we don't get injured, we stay healthy. I think there's no chance that any team in the league can take this away from us. Because even if, you know, Brooklyn have their big three who can all shoot, we'll have Buddy Heald who can shoot. We'll have Wayne Ellington who can shoot. We'll have LeBron James who can shoot. We'll have Russell Westbrook who can finish at the rim. We have Anthony Davis who's a superstar and a DPOI level player. It's just our team would be far, far, far too talented if we managed to sign Buddy Heald. And um, I'm not sure if they're, they're, they are, you know, like actually able to announce signings yet, but... If they are, and they haven't announced Russell Westbrook yet, then I'd say that that's a sign that they're still trying to get Buddy Heald um, in. Because I think they're trying to work him into the deal as a, as a four-team four trade, uh, four four trade um, which includes maybe a fourth team that would be able to give the Kings what they want for Buddy Heald because right now it's looking difficult. Um, and I think what we're going to do in that deal is we're, we're going to give them Dennis Schroeder on a you know on a signing trade, and as I said, if we do add Buddy Hield, it's going to be great for us. I think it significantly increases our chances of winning the championship. To have a guy who can shoot threes at such a great rate, um, I think Buddy Hield was one of the top five or three shooters in the league last season based on you know total amount of three pointers made. He has been um, questioned terms of his defensive ability he's even been benched by Luke Walton but based on what we've seen from Luke Walton with the Lakers I wouldn't be so you know I wouldn't be so sure that he he knows what's best he is an NBA coach so respect to him but you know I, I feel like every player who joins the Lakers tend to become a better defender just because of our you know defensive identity and someone like Trevor Rizzo would probably shine in our system and um, the same could probably go for Kent Bazemore, who, as I said, was known as a great defender in college, has been a great defender in the league, has never been an, on an all-defensive all NBA team. But I think if there was a year for, for that to happen, I think it's this year. <clears throat> the Lakers, unfortunately, did not have a single player on the all-NBA all defensive teams last year, despite having the best defense in the league. Even with LeBron James and Anthony Davis missing a combined, I think, four or five months, which is just ridiculous to me because surely, surely someone on that, on that team last year was good enough to be on the all-NBA defensive team. But this is not a rant about the defensive teams. It's just a, it's just, um, a review of the signings that the Lakers have made. Um, overall, what would I rate this? Um, maybe a 7, 7.5 out of 10. We've got some players who, you know, we need to put around um, around our big three. And I think the, these guys are perfect for the job. You know, they all know their role. They all know, you know, we ain't, we ain't superstars. And that's pretty good because when you when you get a guy like Schroeder, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to go against, uh, at Schroeder, but Schroeder is a player who is, you know, maybe a sixth-tier NBA player, and when I say that, I don't mean that, you know, he, he's only good enough to be a, a sixth man, although he might have proven that last season, but what I mean is, if you put in, you know, the tiers of NBA players, and every single tier has about, what, eight to ten players, Schroeder's probably on the sixth tier, <laughs> he, he just does not 
feel that good as a player. I feel like he can do better than Dennis Schroeder. And despite that, he's going to have this mentality that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm better than you think I am. And he's, you know, going to demand the ball. He's going to, you know, t- take more shots than maybe he should because he's not that great of a shooter. And um, something that, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth is beginning of the season, Dennis Schroeder comes in and he says, you know, I want to I wanna, I wanna start. And I get that you want to say that, and I get that you feel like you're good enough, but we're a championship team, man. Who the hell are you to, t- to tell us that? I mean, you're, you're a backup on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You were a backup on the Oklahoma City Thunder. You weren't even a starter on the Thunder, and you want to come into a championship team and say, I, I deserve to start. Bro, come on, respect yourself. And I get that Chris Paul was playing ahead of him, and he probably would have started otherwise, but come on, man. Dennis Schroeder, I mean, I like you, bro, but come on. Um, we're 30 minutes in. I don't think there's anything left for me to talk about. Um, maybe one concern, I, I hope Wayne Ellington doesn't get exposed too much defensively. Um, hopefully, you know, the Lakers can help him become a good defender. Because it reminds me of someone like uh, KCP when he first joined. You know, KCP, he wasn't the best defender in the league. He was even made fun of for, you know, missing defensive rotations and stuff. And especially that one layup that he missed um, beginning of the 2019-20 season that we ended up winning the championship in. And um, he, he ended up improving as a defender because he was, you know, playing under, uh, you know, the Frank. Frank Vogel system for two years and you know the Lakers in general for for three years ever since LeBron joined and so now um oh I know what to talk about now we're going to talk about the departures some players who we've lost to free agency and as much as it saddens me to say the GOAT Alex Caruso has left once again the GOAT has joined the Chicago Bulls don't come with me LeBron fans Alex Caruso has gone to the Bulls on a four-year, thirty-seven million deal, and what that makes me think, you know, not not to not to only go and look at things from a Lakers perspective, but what that makes me think is, Lakers refused to give him the mid-level exception, because, you know, he he just he might have wanted a multiple-year deal, but if the Lakers refused to give him um, the mid-level exception, then maybe they have someone lined up for. for for that mid-level exception. And I don't think any of the four who I've talked about are, you know, are reported to get the mid-level exception. Um, I've heard whispers that maybe Pat Mills from the from the Spurs is going to get it. Personally, and this, this might be unrealistic to some people, and may, maybe it is unrealistic, but I'll say screw it. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, secretly, that DeMar DeRozan takes that mid-level exception. Because... I think he probably earned, like, deserves a lot more than that. But, you know, he said it in a, in a, in a recent interview. He'd love to come to the Lakers. He, he would love to play on the Lakers and stuff. And that he'd take less money to win a championship. So, you know, if DeMar DeRozan wants to come, he wants to guarantee himself a championship, come over to L.A. We'll give you $9.5 million per year. And let's get this party started. <laughs> And if we can't get him, um, I don't know what, what, what can we what can we even do? I'm not sure how the the whole cap salary cap works with you know a Buddy Heal deal. 
I guess we'd sign and trade Dennis Schroeder. I know that Russell Westbrook earns so so much per year, so I'm not sure how that would work either. Um, but overall, as I said, I think this is a 7, 7.5 out of 10 so far for the first day of free agency. Um, someone happy with what we've done. And, you know, just wish these guys the best of luck. I hope they perform well for the purple and gold to make us all happy. Um, try to make another pot after the second day free agency is done because I expect us to make at least one signing. If not more, we might even make two or three, you know, um, because we do need to fill up that roster. We only have eight players on that roster despite signing four players yesterday. So I think we're going to make at least three, four more signings today. Um... Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. This was another short one, man. I just run out, of, I just run out of words sometimes, and I run out of ideas. Try to speak about these guys and how they, they, you know, they come onto the Lakers as much as I can, and how they fit into the Lakers. And um, yeah, man, you know, we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see how it goes. You know, you can talk as much as you want. You're never gonna, you're never gonna know everything that happens. So it's better to watch and see and just wait and be patient. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. See y'all later. Peace.